HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Nettle Meadow Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing, taking place on Saturday, June 18th at Nettle Meadow Farm. For more information, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil the rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And we are here on a very rainy Wednesday. It's still beautiful. It's still it's good. It's good. It's nice to have some cold rain after a lot of hot days here. So it's it's totally fine. Um, and uh, you know what? Today is actually my birthday. Happy and birthday! Happy birthday, Dave! Thanks, man. And you know what? The last time I had my guest on uh, the show was actually on my birthday four years ago. Uh, welcome back, Shane. Thanks for having me, man. Very good to be back here. Speak easy. It's really awesome to have you here, um, Shane Firestein. Uh, you uh, last time we last time we did this, it was it, it was on a Wednesday. It was my birthday, and it was before we were. Uh, it's before Heritage Radio was a nonprofit five hundred one c three, and we were able to DJ a bunch of music and we so we had a, a rum and reggae party in here yep pirate radio style yeah. rum and reggae <laughs> djing vinyl and i think we were drinking some cocktails and yeah it was definitely a birthday and rum celebration yeah there was definitely some daiquiris and some rum going around that day for yeah. sure amongst other things yeah no it was daiquiris i'm trying to remember exactly the uh anyways it was a great time so <laughs> it's so very a great glad because you can't that. remember yeah <laughs> well dude you've been like We've been good friends for a long time. We actually got to work together at uh, Prime Eats for a good stint. Actually, so did uh, Souther. Yeah, I was there. We all crossed paths there. Yeah, so. we did. That's awesome. Um, so you have been, like, since the last show, you've been running around like crazy. Yeah. You've got a new bar called Lover's Rock, which is about to be a year old, actually. Exactly. Birthday's coming up on July 25th of the bar. That's awesome. So that's exciting. And, yeah, kind of the same theme as the show we did. I guess my interests haven't changed that much, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a rum and reggae bar mostly, lots of tequila and mezcal, lots of good music, 
licensed, uh, I should say. So um, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going good, man. So always a good time over there. It's great. I mean, like it's. I don't really like. Well, I don't really make it out too much anyway because I just, as you know, like. You know, you're you're behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Southern. So yeah. Southern. Yeah, we're always at our spots, you know. Um, but I've been over there a few times. I always have a blast when I'm over there. Um, and I, I rarely make it to Bedstuy, man. It's it's a it's a real real serious reason for me to go there. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, it's been a good uh, good neighborhood bar, good kind of cocktail focused bar, and then also just I think a watering hole, so people from the community just like have a place to go that wasn't there before and. Yeah, the response has been really good. So thank you to everyone who's come out. And if you haven't been, come on over. We're ready for you. Yeah, man. So how did this? How did your process go uh, with getting this bar open? And like conceptually, I mean, you kind of already had the idea, but what was? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, me and my uh, business partner Alex, um, we were looking for spaces, and we knew we wanted a little bit of outdoor space. We knew thematically that we wanted it to be, you know, very music oriented reggae kind of as like the starting point but it's inclusive of all types of music r&b we've had some fun dance music nights and stuff like that so um and it's it's actually right between where we both live so um the location was right and uh i definitely in planning the beverage program kind of wanted to take a you know a left turn from whiskey and uh bitters and things that i've been working with for a long time and kind of more focus on rum which has also always been a cocktail interest i think it's one of the most versatile base spirits and um, obviously the history of rum cocktails, a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that was kind of I also like, feel like rum is really seeing a resurgence, you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Have, since the last time you were on the show, it's gotten crazy. Yeah, you know, there was like a little apprehension in opening such a rum-focused bar, but I have to say, like, totally surprised that um, the clientele are into the rum cocktails. Of course, we have good selections for everybody. Um, there's, you know, we do a little bit of everything, but the rum cocktails have totally taken off. And so that's just been a great, great feeling. Do you see like, cause I know that you have an AOC daiquiri, um, on your menu. Do you see a lot of people like kind of like opening up to think like kind of funkier rums, like agro stuff? Yeah, we get, you know, I try to, uh, have the menu feature many different styles of rum to kind of, uh, introduce people to rum in a few different ways. Like you said, as simple as an agricole daiquiri, which is like a complex drink with, very few ingredients and then um things that are like you know incorporate other spirits so you know we've got a drink that does a uh, rum and mezcal together but yeah um the interesting thing about rum is because it's you know so many different nations and islands and regions make it um that i get people who come in and they're really excited the haitians are excited to see the barbancore the people from jamaica are like you know want to make sure we have ray and nephew and like how many types of appleton we have so um that's what's been really fun is people take a lot of pride in the rum from their region or from their island where they're from so um yeah between that and then introducing new people to rum who are maybe skeptical i think there's you know if if i got a whiskey drinker i got a couple of rums in mind that are for a whiskey drinker if you're a cognac drinker i got a great rum for you if you're uh you know um someone who likes bitter drinks i got you know we can stir up a nice rum based cocktail for you that plays off those so yeah i love the versatility and it's it's awesome man i mean rum is such a broad category i find you know i'm a little bit embarrassed to say rum is probably my weakest category but surely based on the volume that's available and the variety that's available yeah it's it's i mean it's so interesting i mean you were like alluding to damon the agricole rums and i know that you actually recently were in martinique correct yeah, I was in Guadeloupe and Martinique checking out uh, some some distilleries there, JM and Clement and uh, Demo. So 
Um, and even just from, you know, the different agricultural rums on Martinique, I mean, they're they're wildly different in, in their own right, you know. Yeah. But and it's it's funny, you know, because I know that. I mean, we all met through cocktail bars and the cocktail scene and stuff like that. So when you, I, like you said, so there's like rum was not like my strongest spirit knowledge. Uh, you know, when I started getting in more like classic cocktails and stuff, I, you know, reading, reading an old venue, uh, that says, all right, it's gotta be Puerto Rican, uh, Puerto Rican white rum. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a lot different than, you know, uh, a, White one from Martinique, right. or from, you know, well, right, so we, we, or Kelso um, from sure. uh, Tennessee. I think it's you know the way I think about it is it's unlike um, you know let's, let's just use American whiskey as an easy example. Unlike American whiskeys, which have rules that have to be followed, so we can compare one bourbon to the next, one rye to the next. Rums come from so many different places and have so much different you know background and different production and methods. different production. They have no rules. Yeah. So suddenly it's not. I can't compare one rum to another. I can't yeah. sub one rum for another in right. a cocktail. It's you, have to, you have to know these things. Yeah, I think. And then it's such a broad category. It takes a lot of time and dedication to get that knowledge. And I just haven't had that time. I'm, I'm sunk in the world of bitters, guys. I know. I well, you know, it's funny I love, you it. Say I love it too. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because that's where I go swimming. After, after the rum, I go swimming in the bitters. Yeah. yeah, which is similar. Bitters, you know, Amaro have no rules either. You know, the rules yeah. are bittersweet liqueur. Okay, well, that could mean basically anything. Yeah, and you can't really just say like. Oh, this is bitter. I, I can sub out Campari for something else. I mean, you can. You absolutely can. Nothing makes me crazier than a recipe that just says, blah, 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 Amaro. Yeah. Without yeah. naming Which one? You know? Something. Same, so, same thing with rum, what you were just saying. Gold like, rum. Yeah, like, yeah. What does that mean? Gold rum. What the fuck does that mean? But I think, like, what was Souther was mentioning about kind of, like, rules and styles and ways to compare, I think what we talked about actually the last time I was on the show was we talked a little bit about, like, the crazy history that rum played in the world. It's been documented in lots of books but um it's really interesting how like the colonial past of these places influenced their rum style um whether it's like you know the agricole rums which you know are from the french west indies and focus on like fresh cane juice from this particular site really reflecting the wine and like cognac history and then in you know latin Latin rum producing regions, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on like, oh, we are using a Solera aging method. So kind mm-hmm. of like mirroring like some, of uh, you know, mirroring sherry production and sherry aging styles and, you know, on and on and on. And then the British involvement and they're kind of always been, you know, negotiants who have aged other people's wines and spirits and rum. So um, it's really interesting um, to compare the styles and then the classic styles like, you know, in the old cocktail books, it's like Puerto Rican rum or like you know, uh, add, you know, a teaspoon of uh, dark Jamaican rum or whatever. So the different styles, like there is some subbing you can do, but really it's so much about like individual products. And we're lucky now that more of the small production and small lots of rum are being bought and blended, um, similar to like the explosion of whiskeys or other spirits. But I feel like there's so many new products. I'm like always overwhelmed trying to stay on top of the new products and I'm still of course trying to get my hands on and taste every type of rum that we can find do you has your I mean obviously it just it's natural that like from the day you open that till today you know you're gonna add more and more uh, items behind the bar I mean like how many how many rums do you think you're up to now? Right, I wish that I could say that we had um, like a full library style collection I have definitely kind of for a variety of reasons and because of like the atmosphere of my bar um everything's like pretty approachable so my most expensive pour is only like you know 13 or 
a couple of $15 pours. So um, I've kind of tried to keep it with a good representation. How many rounds are there? I'd say there's upwards of 40, but... Um, so you're, so you're, you're not quite yet to the level of obsessed. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not like I. <laughs> but you're you're headed down that right. Road. <laughs> I'm a completist. Like I have more. Uh, I would like to get the full library together. So um, it's also interesting being a business owner for the first time. I'm having a new relationship to the way that I. Uh, the way you spend money. Purchase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> purchase items. And in the past, I think when uh, I would I could convince myself or anybody that we should really buy a case of something, but now I'm like gonna stick to the books yeah yeah i know it's funny because you know when i look at my back bar it's rum and amaro i mean it's like those are the two things that i have the most of ain't like gin's a close third bourbon and, and rye together like american whiskey i would say like it's probably head to head with gin but like they're not even close to rum and amaro yeah. just because like you know you said before there's like so many and you want to have them all yeah my and, bar is like set up a lot of rums, and then tequila and mezcal are the next category that we focus on, and then a ton of bitters and liqueurs because that's where kind of the fun part of cocktailing and bartending yeah. happens. So that's kind of the setup. And then literally right now, I think there's three whiskeys uh, and there's three gins. Perfect. So, wow. Perfect. <laughs> nice. no, I, I, I like going to a bar that has a focus. Yeah. And I think you're on the right path. If you've got about 40 after a year... You're mastering those 40. When you walk in, when I, a guest walks in the door, they can look at you and ask you about a bottle. Right. You've got a confident answer right away rather yeah. than, let me check my notes or I don't really know about that bottle yeah. yet. So you've built up to 40. Right, we'll get you on the show in a year from now and you'll have 80. And then a year from then you'll have 300. <laughs> separate way. <laughs> but you'll know something about all of them. There, yeah. there won't be an unfamiliar bottle on your back bar. Which is like fun though about coming to your bar, Southern, because someone who has like an initial interest maybe someone like likes one rum or someone comes up to you and they're like hey like i just tried uh i just tried like grand classico for the first time i really like that and then you can steer them in like oh like that's part of this kind of stylistic family yeah, absolutely and yeah it's so fun you know and and again to, to you know to self-educate yourself is a lot of fun by the way in this particular arena mm-hmm. you know you get to drink a lot of rum um <laughs> and nothing wrong with that um but also like it's really paramount importance to me at, the, at my bar that that the team knows stuff. So I assume you're doing this kind of same program with your, your team. Oh yeah. You get something new. You all sit down and taste it, pass notes back and forth. We have a book that we write things down in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, you, so you can have a confident answer. That's really all I'm really exactly. looking for. I want to have a confident answer. And also a sneaky thing I do when I go to bars that have a massive back bar, I look for the bottles that are dusty and I ask about those cause you haven't touched that one in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Another, I want to know why yeah. you haven't touched it. And I want to know if you know anything about it. Definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's cool. It's uh, The tasting is a really important part of it. And I think also just like with bar staffs and with tasting with friends, just having a good language to talk about so everybody can kind of like just doing the practice of it, as I'm going to allude to a uh, little tasting method we're going to do in just a few minutes. But um, yeah. yeah, like getting people together and tasting and talking is such an interesting part of the job. And yeah, it's a real privilege to get to turn somebody on to something new. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think that's the, a huge part of what we do, all of us. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, there there are three glasses of unlabeled whiskey or uh, rum right in front of us right now. So mm. I think Shane's going to blind taste us on some stuff. So let's see if we right. can figure it out and guess what they are. Uh, let's let's take a break and uh, then we'll get into tasting rum instead of talking about it. Yeah. All right, back in just in a moment. <laughs>
Cheese and Spirits pairing is a celebration of good food and beverages in the newly restored Barn Loft event venue at Nettle Meadow Farm in Thurman, New York. On Saturday, June 18th, come sample and savor, then buy your favorite cheeses and beverages to take home. Nettle Meadow cheeses have been praised highly in national media and have won prestigious awards from the American Cheese Society. Taste samples of goat and sheep cheeses paired with an array of local regional wines, beers, and ciders. You'll never forget your first sample of rich, creamy Kunick, Nettle Meadow's trademark cheese. In Esquire, our very own Ann Saxelby said, Kunick, it may very well be the sexiest cheese in the USA. Nettle Meadow Farm is a goat and sheep dairy and cheese company in Thurman, New York, just below Crane Mountain in the Adirondacks between Gore Mountain, North Creek, and Warrensburg. It's owned and operated by Lorraine Limbiase and Sheila Flanagan. Both have a great love of animals, artisan cheese, and the unique challenges of farm life. Nettle Meadow Farm was originally founded in 1990, and it's the home of over 300 goats, dozens of sheep, and a variety of farm sanctuary animals. Again, the Cheese and Spirits pairing is Saturday, June 18th. For more information and tickets, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. And we're back at the Speakeasy. Shane's here from uh, Lover's Rock out in Bushwick. And Bed's in front of us, sorry, Bedstay. Bedstay. We're in Bushwick. We're in Bushwick. <laughs> Next door. I had a few drinks on the way over. Um, <laughs> it's a good story. From actually. Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, and on the table in front of us, uh, amid the mics, are three each uh, glasses of rum. We don't know what's in them. We're about to taste them. And Shane knows what's in them. Shane knows what's in them. But you're going to lead us through this tasting and maybe teach us something and watch us fail. Ah, I think it'll be fun. So, yeah, you can try to figure out what the rums are. But um, I'm also just interested to taste with you guys and hear your thoughts. And hopefully we can, yeah, have a good time. So, anyways, the first rum. Well, a good time uh, is imminent. So, let's That's preface by saying that there were several bottles brought into the studio. And we got to see what they were. But there are only three. There are only three that are uh, actually in front of us. We pared down from six to three. And um, I think a great way we'll just go through them one by one. We'll take a quick look at them. We'll do the nose. And then... Uh, Taste on the palate and uh, go from there. Sounds so great. number one's got this really light golden color, so it's obviously, obviously has some... I mean, these are all aged. Yep, and they're all aged rums, yeah. They're all going to be between five and uh, one of the blends, I believe, has rums that are 10 years old. All right. So the first one kind of looks like a... I don't know. It's got like kind of some butterscotchy... On, butterscotch on the nose, um, but it's got like kind of a amber color it's hard to tell in this light because it's so overcast yeah that's true but yeah <laughs> and, definitely and that's also ex- just an excuse that i'm gonna use for later when every, I screw and also up. <laughs> everything in this room is brown so yeah that is true but yep all right six it mm. all right so, so what's fun like well, oh sorry this so, has kind of like a that kind of musty thing that I get on the backside of cognacs, and I, I do know because I, I do love cognac, and mm-hmm. I have a good, strong knowledge of that category. And I do know that a lot of rums lean down that road. Yeah, that's what's really interesting about the aged rums is that um, to me they kind of mirror a lot of the flavor profiles of your further aged whiskeys, but also of the cognacs because you know the the base is you know the sugar cane, um, 
and that takes on the barrel characters, the rancio flavors, the charred yeah. flavors, the oak flavors in a particular way. Um, so yeah, I would definitely think I, I hear what you're saying about the musty thing. I like that earthy finish mm-hmm. is a really intriguing part of rum, and I feel like where a lot of the depth of flavor is because rums are usually either like a little bit almost sweet up front, often like there's a lot of spice, um, and then it's got a lot of spice, and it and it does have a musty kind of finish to it, um, and it it almost drinks like a whiskey, like like a like an American whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think um, I think Sorry. more is going to come to mind when we uh, hold this up to the second one. But so yeah. far, what I'm hearing is a definite earthy finish. Yeah. And I'm hearing about kind of a spicy mid palate, and then I also heard some of the smoothness and uh, well roundedness of a cognac style spirit. Yeah. And to be clear, when you say spicy to the listener, we're not talking jalapenos. We're talking baking spices. Yeah, baking spices. A lot of times, I think in rum, you get you know clove, pimento, um, pimento uh, nutmeg. Yeah. All those kind of warm baking spices are. are all right. Second one. The color two, on a little it. darker. Yeah, it's a little darker. It looks kind of like a like the color of like a añejo to like super añejo tequila. And um, and I mean not to pull black pull pull black pull back the curtain too much but something interesting that Souther alluded to earlier about you know we appreciate our American bourbons because of the rules and because of the standardized aspects of the process with Rome's it's one of those things where you have to really research if you want to find out the aging method if you want to find out if there's wood chips or color or sugar added I mean there's a lot of uh, independent research you need to do because there's so many brands and everything is so kind of individualistic. It's the you know? Wild West, man. Wild West, baby. Wild, the Wild West Indies. <laughs> Shut up. Um, okay, so rum number two. So this one's got a definite, like, a much fruitier nose. Mm-hmm. I, I totally know which one this is already. Yeah. Um, I get kind of like a pineapple, like, tropical kind of nose to it. Tropical, yeah. And, and it's funny how, like, um, I find in tasting rums that, like, pineapple, banana, and coconut are flavors that are sometimes seemingly present, sometimes all together, sometimes indistinguishable. This I definitely also get kind of like a coconutty yeah. Yeah. finish. I don't know if you guys taste that. Yeah. I do. Like, so, like I mean, kind of the, the part of the coconut where you've got the white meat, but a little bit of the brown skin is still stuck to it, that, yep. which gives it that kind of... Woody, a woody sweetness. Yeah. yeah, right. But then also, like, on this definite, some vanilla, some pretty, like... Yeah accessible, like this has been aged in some oak and it's gotten that vanilla quality. Yeah, this one... It smells like the beach. It does smell like the beach. This one's, a- I, I, this one's easy to call. Yep. All right, so da- Damon's confident that he knows this. Again, we were... Uh, I'm, I'm 100% selecting- confident that I have no idea. Hey. <laughs> uh, we selected... My confidence is high. Selected... Uh- Should I say it? No, but let's wait. Let's wait All for right. the grand reveal. <laughs> um, All right. And this one, yeah. So, so on this one, darker color... And uh, more, more like tropical flavors, including ripe tropical fruits, and also uh, a caramel note that is kind of caramel vanilla, like a good cookie. <laughs> yeah, like a, actually, you're a good cookie. Like a, so third like rum, a molasses cookie. This one looks like it, it's even darker. This one kind of looks like an American whiskey. I mean, like kind of a actually, it's got a reddish tint to it. it looks mm-hmm. like a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it... It's brown. They're all brown to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm colorblind. I know. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. This one's browner. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a sniff. This one definitely has like a brulee kind of... Oh, yeah. Like toasty vanilla cream 
kind of nose. Mm-hmm. I would say also the nose is like a little bit more restrained, a little bit of a cooler yeah. nose. Doesn't quite come at you the same way. And uh, big old sip. Sometimes, guys, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you take a really big sip, you can taste it even better. <laughs> that's what my <laughs> that's what my brother says. Oh, it's also his birthday. Hey, too. happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday, Dylan! Your twin, twins at brunch. That creeps me out so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really so, like r- super rounded on the on the palate. It's so just like, this one is round is such a like warming me right here though. This one's got some heat on it. Mm. That I didn't expect, based on the nose, and you know, normally in the nose you can smell the, you know, the volatile ABV coming at you. Definitely rounded. I'd say a little bit more restrained. I'm still getting a nice vanilla quality, less fruit, and rounded is a cliche term for tasting, sure. but, but it's true. This is a really composed, <laughs> composed uh, sip of spirit. Um, well, maybe we should talk about what they are. And then maybe that will help us rum. have some more ideas. Okay. They are all rum, so there's correct. Hey. <laughs> That's what we're trying We've got a winner. not to say. <laughs> We've got a winner. Um, well, the first rum we tasted was the Barbancourt 8-year. Yep. Souther said cognac. This is, of course, from Haiti, um, French colonial history. Um, also, they use the agricole method in most Haitian rums, which... Uh, me and Dan were talking about earlier, which is with fresh cane juice is the base for your beer that you're going to ferment into your spirit as opposed to molasses or other sugar byproducts. So um, I believe that's the case with this rum as well. Yeah, and that's what gives it like that earthy, grassy kind sure. of like, well, yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, but then also like the aging, I mean, like so much of rum, like whiskey, is about aging and aging methods and how deep people are, you know, going back as far as what their blends are based on. So this rum is... A delicious rum, the Barbancourt a year. We use it um, at the bar for uh, a lot of cocktails. I do a split base of a dark and a light rum, either you know three quarters of one and you know a quarter of the other. But we do our Hemingway daiquiri is equal parts of uh, this and a Florida Cana white rum um, with the Luxardo Maraschino and grapefruit, and it's really simple and delicious. But um, that's another fun part of mixing rums is that like sometimes I'm apprehensive, like I wouldn't quite mix two gins together. Certain whiskeys, obviously, people have, you know, developed, um, you know, a house mix that they use for their cocktail base. But rums, you know, the history in a lot of these rum drinks is there's three types of rum in it. And some there's four. Sometimes it's an ounce of each, you know. So it's it's an interesting uh, aspect of it. So that was rum number one. Rum number one. (laughs) Hi, Odetta. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So, all right. Rum number two. Can I call this one? Call this oh, one, Dave. Jumped out oh, of you. One, I mean, this, this one, one yeah. This is Plantation Five Year, correct? Plantation Five Year, uh, which is an aged Barbados rum. And it's got well, you know why? I, why I recognize this one? Like right off the bat, it's because because uh, we drink so much of the Plantation Pineapple Rum, and this is the base for it, right? So. And that Plantation so Pineapple Rum is a really cool product that. And, Ridiculous, and we're going to be using some of that here in an hour and a half. That's right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so cool. Like that's another example. People are interested in the history of rum. What are the rum liqueurs? There's like you know, rum's this amazing family. There's rum-based liqueurs. There's rum-based bitters. So it's a lot of fun. So yeah, that was the Barbados five-year rum, and uh, man, it was very tropical. Yeah, super tropical. I would actually Which- probably use this to like wean someone off of like 
a spiced rum or like a Malibu. That's a really sure. good point. No, you know, like get them into like grown up rums. You know, yeah, just like how with uh, certain wines, like people like think that they're sweet or just like the ripe fruitiness. Like this is a really ripe rum. So yeah, yeah, killer. And, and then you have like just two talking points you could throw at me because I'm for rum, the, rum is my worst worst song. Yeah. So you you mentioned some of the techniques that go on with the first rum. What what are the techniques that are making this one different? What are they doing differently? Um, you know, I'm not sure on the distillation base for this but it's a barbados rum so i'm assuming it's uh molasses but um the barbados rums have a really amazing history of um you know obviously british colonial history a lot of those rums were aged those were the rums that traditionally went into the navy rums Mm -hmm. were um, barbados rums and rums from guyana Mm -hmm. um so that and then as far as plantation that's a new set of products i believe that's come out and they are for the cognac house mm -hmm. that's that's their rum lineup light. yeah yeah exactly and so uh something i mentioned earlier like they are now putting together lots of rums and blending rums and they're taking high quality small batches that maybe would traditionally be blended into like a larger production rum mm-hmm. and now we get them in nice small batch format so um so they have a lot yeah, more character so much more yeah, character and homogenized a lot more high quality and you know uh, you know obviously for the for a blended gold rum you're average one at the liquor store they're gonna mostly be using their bulk base rum that they can distill non-stop keep it quick and then they're gonna add in as little or as much of uh some other aged rums that they think are gonna that they want for their finished profile you know so um yeah the plantation pierre ferrand and um yeah, yeah they have they have a awesome they have stuff. a great lineup they have really amazing and, and so this, they, is, this is the one that they're making in barbados and then they haul it all the way back to france to age right yeah yeah. Ah, so maybe also some of the ripeness might be, you know, cognac is a spirit that has often ripe fruit character, you know, to go along with all its other nuance. So um, I'm sure it's getting some of that out of the barrel. And sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Excellent. Rum number three. Rum number three. Um, the Santa Teresa uh, 1796 Solera aged. And Damon, I know you've worked a lot with this yeah. rum. So this um, this was really familiar to me because like. It has a really cool, like, it's slurry age, so it picks up a lot of character uh, from just the process of slurry aging over time, like adding rum and adding rum and letting that age, like, age and, like, like blend into the previous rums. But this to me has, and, and I don't drink coffee anymore, but it has a nose on it to me that, like, somewhere in there, I get coffee. Absolutely. Yeah, you get I get coffee and coffee. I see that. Which yeah. is interesting because they also use this rum to make a, a great coffee liqueur that I know me and Damon both uh, like. The Araku yeah. uh, coffee liqueur, which is a really fun and delicious. It's so, it's so good. It mm-hmm. feels like shake it up and drink it. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. But, uh, yeah, and this one, you know, the Spanish, obviously, like, the aging style, the Solera method, which, like, one of the most brilliant and amazing Jeez, yeah. historical feats of of the spirit world. So um, I think that really, you, this was the one that people were saying is like very round. And I think that it's just like the aging. And this was the one that I said, actually, I be, I'm not sure of the age, like, like most spirits. So the, the barbecue eight year, eight years, the oldest rum that goes into it. The five year, the five year old is the oldest rum that usually goes into it. This I know doesn't have an exact age on it, but I believe from talking to them that I think it's 10 is how old uh, the oldest, barrels are that are going into this but maybe i'm wrong so in in rum again i'm learning in rum you can say the age statement is the oldest rum in the bottle i believe so for some of these or is it youngest 
Well, that's in the world of cognac. It's, it's rum, man. <laughs> there are no rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I may, I may, I may be misspeaking there. So we'll have to we'll check that. Fact we'll, checking. We'll, we'll, we'll well, in Solera aging for sure. You, you but can, yeah, so no, in Solera there's great. older. Yeah, like I'm sorry. So, so yeah, for that, so for that, it's, it's the youngest. You are correct. Yeah, okay, I'm going to stand corrected on that. Thank you. Um, right. So yeah, um, very yeah, aged, cool. rounded. What do you guys think would be a fun cocktail to make with some of these rums? I mean, I would go daiquiri with the uh, Plantation Five, just because, like, I mean, it's tropical as fuck. Uh, Fruity. The, the uh, 1796. I love a rum old-fashioned. I was about to say old-fashioned for this one, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for the apartment court, man. Swizzle me up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like a Queen's Park swizzle. I am a sucker okay. for a swizzle. It's like a dirty secret I have. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> like the, I'm the bitter guy who drinks all the bitter drinks, and then if I see a swizzle go by, I'm like, can I get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, cool, man. I, Shane, thanks for bringing these rums in. Thanks for bringing yourself in. Uh, these rums were uh, a birthday gift and a birthday drink for you, so happy birthday. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, I really appreciate it. You're red. Well, actually, you know what? What's cool about tonight is that for, for my birthday, you're bringing your crew from uh, Lover's Rock. We're going to have a big, crazy reggae party throwdown at Grand Army, starting at 5, ending who's no, who knows when. Uh, yeah. got- I actually have to get on a flight in the morning <laughs> <laughs> to go out to San Francisco to see my twin brother. And uh, we've got Plantation Rum, actually. Uh, one of the rums we tasted, uh, they're, they're sponsoring uh, the event, which is really great. They're awesome people. And uh, we're having some drink specials, some special food, and some DJs. And we're just going to get real weird. So y'all should come out tonight to Grand Army. And definitely go check out Shane and the crew at Lover's Rock. Uh, you will not be disappointed. It gets so... That place is so much fun, man. Thank you. And when you said, like, in beginning you know, at the beginning of the show, that you were looking for a place with a little yard patio area. Yeah. No, you've got like the backyard is nice. It's so big. <laughs> it's so awesome, man. Yeah. And it's like perfect time. You know, the summertime to get lot, there. We do a lot of grilling in the backyard. Always good rum drinks. Always good DJs. And um, diversity is the spice of life. We get a great crowd. All different types of people. Everybody. Come on out. You're always welcome. Unless you act like a jerk, in which case. <laughs> See ya. Well, I'm going to come get you know some more rum education. Can't wait for yeah. you to come over, man. I love I love going to bars where there's a, you know a drive that's focused and a staff that's knowledgeable, so that I can experience more than the drink. I want to yeah. come there and experience a, a good time. I want to walk away with something I can take with me, like some knowledge. Definitely, man. So I'm going to come. And I'm going to come rum it up. People like you guys inspire me to want to um, push myself to shoot for that library style. Um, it's such a cool style. We were talking about, I mean, your trip to D.C. earlier. I know we're wrapping up. But, um, yeah, I hope that as time goes on to continue to expand my own knowledge and then also be able to offer a really great selection that maybe you can't get too many other places. Yeah. Yeah. That that's makes, what that's what makes it special. Yeah, man. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Thanks, Shane, for coming on today, man. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, Souther, for your continued uh, help with the show. You've been a great co-host. It's my pleasure. I I can't wait to uh, have both of you back in the studio every single day. (laughs) All right. Happy birthday, David. All right. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. I'm David Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And until next week, cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna 
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 